It might be the end of an era for one show, but it is just the beginning of an era for the JRD Hogcast. I am your host, Dylan Lee, joined as always with my co-host, Jordan Russell, and our producer, Luke Griggs. You gonna be able to make it tonight, Jordan? It's a sad night, man. It's a sad night. Sad night. Well, I'm gonna be perfectly fine. I'm going to be perfectly fine. Uh, for the folks you. that don't know, yeah, is the series finale of Game of Thrones. So, essentially, we threw Jordan a bone, and he got his intro music tonight. Hey, the producer, too. Okay. It's just me. Yeah. Producer gives it as well. So, here it is. Enjoy. The last little bit. Of Game of Thrones. This team. This baseball team. Let's talk about it. We want to talk about it. Ain't nothing going on. Ain't nothing going on. We, uh, co-SEC West champions. We're losing our last series. You know, keep in mind, we lost five of them last year. That's our third one. So it's obviously time to jump off the boat. It's it, Nothing's going to happen with this team. I'm just no, kidding. They, <laughs> they, uh, they left the regular season on a sour note, obviously. However, they're still perfectly fine. Nothing changed. Still a second seed in the tournament, correct? The SEC tournament. Yep. Uh, a national seed is pretty much locked in, so we will still have regional baseball at Baumwalker Stadium. Um, so, relax. Calm down. Chill out. People freaking out. It's going to be okay. Do you, uh, so first off, just to give a recap, the first game we won 7-3 to with, what, five home runs, I think? Yeah. Five home runs. How terrible. And then... We dropped uh, the last two, six to two, and then um, six to one. Right. Campbell still got it done. Do you think? Um, do you think it was anything to do with the horizon at all, or is that a cop out, or what do you think? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you gotta keep in mind, like Wicklander, he got at he. They got after him in game two. And you can, Nolan looked good in game three. It, uh, but eventually they got after him as well. But you got to keep in mind, those guys are both freshmen. So that, and I guess I'm going to be a little naive and say maybe they're looking ahead a little bit. So. I feel like that's such a cop out, but <laughs> yeah, you, you can't. That, you can't say that they weren't at least thinking about it. Now, from the coaching standpoint, Van Horn, obviously, he's each game. I'm sure he's he's locked in. It was nothing on him, but the kids, you can't control that. Right. I mean, and they're... It's they're not like they weren't playing for... They weren't playing for nothing, essentially. I mean, they still had a chance at the beginning of the series to win the SEC outright, and mm-hmm. then for whatever you want to consider it, to win the West outright, too, after, you know, game two. So, it, there still should have been some motivation, and 
we can talk all the semantics of a co-whatever, and I'm sure we will later on. But it's you can't check out this team. Um, we're, we'll dive into our mailbag here. I kind of peeked in already, so um, we can actually get to that right now if you want. Go for it. All right. So we will. We'll get right into that mailbag, and that mailbag is brought to you by NWA Streetworks. NWA Streetworks is your local performance shop from brake jobs, engine swaps, nitrous, force induction, dyno tuning support, or full customs. You just give them a call. Their number is 479-549-3622, and then uh, they will be closed down Father's Day week or Rocky Mountain Race Week. And... uh Keep an eye out on my personal Twitter page. You'll get some updates on that and see how the crew is going and kind of get a inside glimpse of NWA Streetworks. So that's exciting. I'm pretty excited for it. So our NWA Streetworks question, we will start with, and this is a little delayed, but we got one. Really excited about the series opener at College Station. What's y'all's opinion on why the Hogs have been able to turn it up in the second half of the season? I'm thinking mid-game adjustments offensively. I've noticed several times in the past week. And then I believe this is actually a thread. So the bottom of the order is usually the first to kick it off. Either way, this ain't the same team we we started with. Ain't mad about it. Dylan... Woo pig. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Oh, touche. Touche. Love full, them hogs. Full full disclosure, I didn't see the thread until I just read that. So Ah. Jordan, you should have read that one. Anywho. Oh no, that worked out perfectly. Oh boy. So getting to the first part of that. There definitely has been an uptick, and I think the biggest uptick is a power. That's what jumps out to me, is uh, the long ball has shown itself a little Absolutely. bit more than it did in the first half. And when you can win essentially any game in any form or fashion, because one thing I was really excited about the first half of the season is the speed, the base running, the small ball side of things, and kind of seeing a team like that and being able to win games that way. Now... We're able to, you know, win with five home runs. <laughs> so it's kind of a change of pace too, though, because uh, obviously the bats have gotten the power behind them. But also, we I believe we even discussed this on the show. The base stealing we knew wouldn't be able to hold that same momentum going into conference play. Right. Um, pitchers have better first moves to the first base or whatever, or catchers are quicker out of the out of their stance, throwing people out. So we kind of knew that was going to slack off just a little bit. But the power, man, I mean, it's it's my biggest surprise this year, I think, with the power is probably Kenley. Kenley is definitely uh, in a bright spot. Well, obviously out of nowhere because no home runs up to this, you know, until this year. So uh, not too many appearances uh, previous years, but definitely – uh, a welcome surprise, shall we say. And uh, the other thing, he he mentions the order and everything like that, and it is definitely a dangerous lineup, top to bottom. And you have the old adage or cliche, whatever you want to 
say, on, you know, like the nine-hole hitter. But Van Horn the last few years hasn't been that. Like, wasn't it last year? Shaddy was our nine-hole hitter? I mean. Well, uh, started nine-hole, but he worked his way up somewhere around sixth, I think. Right. So, I mean, it's not always the weakest part of the deal. and Well, you think about it, Franklin started his nine-hole, and he moved himself up into sixth or seventh spot. Right. Yeah, yeah, so. Uh, but you definitely want to have somebody there, and I, I love the approach by Van Horn to be able to turn over the lineup and have a guy that has a good OP, uh, OBP and, you know, have Azelle or Martin be able to bring those guys in because you want to turn over the lineup to something. You don't want to have your power or your consistent guys have to be looking at two outs all the time. Right. And, uh, I think that was kind of the approach with game two. That uh, you definitely saw him playing a little different, even in a loss. Uh, essentially, Van Horn and I told you about this. He said, "Well, if you guys are just gonna sit there and watch O two, you might as well start swinging at him." And you <laughs> saw him being a little bit more aggressive in the early part of that game, and uh, it just didn't really pan out for us in game two, and then. Well, like you said, Wicklander, we're kind of getting away from the question, but I also feel like we answered it. But Yeah, exactly. Um, that was our NWA Street Works <laughs> mailbag. Yeah. Oh, well, he had, he also had another question, too. He hit us with a twofer there. A twofer. Yeah, we will get back but, to that one after this. Yeah, we'll get back to that. Um, well, I lost my train of thought there now. Oh, Wicklander. He, so so we definitely, obviously, we lost the game, game two, six to two, like we said, but you know, once Ramage came in, he held them, what did he go, four and a third and held them to two runs where Wicklander went one and two thirds and gave up four. So, I mean, not, this sounds ridiculous, you know, oh, Homer fans, but hey, we are the Hogcast. But without Wicklander's terrible performance, overall, that was a pretty, that was still a pretty good game. Right. I mean, if, I know, again, this sounds kind of ridiculous, but if you take away his Wicklander's bad outing, that's a tie ball game going into ninth inning. So, if minimum, I'm just trying to give a shout-out to Ramage because he came into a terrible situation and overall did really well. Well, I mean, let's see. Was it – so, between Wicklander and – no one had a decent outing, I would say, against LSU – but the week before that with Kentucky, he definitely didn't have his stuff. So I the last two outings for Wicklander haven't really been all that great. And we already mentioned the Texas A and M one already. We he got he got the win against LSU, I believe. Mm-hmm. But he went three innings on that and gave up three runs. And Cops pretty much is what uh I think he picked up the W, which he did. So, and then off offensive explosion on that one again. So I think it's the Kentucky series that I am thinking about with Nolan. And Nolan had against K- Kentucky, he gave up four runs, and it's it's one of those deals. I feel like it it's kind of showing a little bit of his a uh, little bit of it. I mean, I wanted to sit there and say, "Oh, football's over, everything's gonna be fine," but again, freshman. And they are going to be taking lumps 
for you know well, another year too because I mean it's going to take a while to figure it out. You, you can't sit there and tell me though that the two freshmen. Um, I'm just pretty much going to keep reiterating this this whole podcast. I'm not making excuses, but the two freshmen on the mound know that they are staring Omaha in the face, and this A and M series they pretty they had everything. I mean. To have the conference championship, regular season championship tied up in a nice little bow and stuff would have been great. But, you know, the instead of sharing the West, you know, getting it outright and everything. But, I, I mean, you just think about how – so obviously these kids know what the team did last year and the trajectory they're going this year that's very decent chance that they're going to be back in it. They probably are just like, man, this game, I just don't want to be – you know, I'm ready to go. It's, you know – you know, it's you're not patient as a 19 year old, 18 for them probably. So I'm not making excuses. They need to do better. They need to get that under control. They need to, you know, maybe communicate communicate to the coaches better. Like, hey, I'm not feeling it today. Or coaches need to do a better job because Van Horn let Wicklander get worked. Yep. And he had multiple opportunities to pull him before it got too bad. And um, you know, he kept him in there, and that. Could have been because they knew that there wasn't really a whole lot to gain from this series, so maybe let him learn and take the ass whooping and, you know, like see if you can pull yourself out, which Wicklander did that a couple of times. You know, he gave up a home run, a two-run shot, and then came out and struck out the next two guys to end the inning and then came back in, and that's when he really got worked. But Yeah, because game, game two, which he started, the first two right. batters homered on him, right? Yes. Okay. And then the, he struck out the third. He was five pitches in, and there was two runs on the board, I believe it was. Yep. So, and, you know, like I said, he, he finished that inning out, which is good, but he just wasn't feeling it that day. And like I said, that Van Horn could have intentionally left him in there, like you're going to see, you're going to work through this, or maybe Wicklander should have said, hey, just, just get me out now, or who knows. I mean, baseball is a crazy sport when it comes to stuff like that, so – um, you just can't tell. The um, second part of that mailbag, real quick, because there's oh, more was, to. I was getting there. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. There, I, there's more I want to say about the baseball stuff. Yeah. But uh, he says, and again, this is at Dem Hogs. <clears throat> yes, I'm saying Dem. Uh, do you guys think it's BS that Pac-12 doesn't have a conference tournament? Absolutely, I do. I think that's very much like the Big Twelve in football. Of course, they technically do now i guess yeah. but don't agree with that whatsoever um right there with you it's it's bs uh i i don't understand it um you're gonna have the folks that sit there and say do conference tournaments even matter and all that kind of stuff across the board but you have them for a reason why do you even have conferences at that point like just might as well open that's, up the schedule and so um, that's exactly right and looking at the SEC, so, I mean, real easy for us to answer that one. It's BS, right? I think we're consensus on that between us. What's yeah. that? If we took a poll between the two of us, it's BS yeah. to not yeah. have a tournament. So, real quick, be able to answer that one. It's BS. Um, to get a little bit more into it, what bothers me about it the most, especially baseball, is you're missing out on an extra, at least minimum two games that everyone else is having to play. Oh, exactly. And uh pitchers, that matters. With yeah, rotations and all that kind of stuff. And you really think about it going back to 
the A&M series. Now, this doesn't affect us, but imagine if A&M was in a conference that didn't have a tournament. So it's kind of cheap, but they had a pitcher that was suspended. So if he was suspended, they didn't have a tournament, and they were to go to a regional, their first game of the regional, they wouldn't have their ace. Yep. So it stuff like that matters, but that's, you know, kind of a weird situation there. And ultimately, the weather side of things, uh, that's really a chance to strengthen RPI because you're going to be going up against decent, you would think, decent ones, especially the Pac-12, who, you know, they are a good Typically baseball a pretty, conference. Yeah, so, baseball, yeah, exactly. Like, you would, and, you'd imagine they would want to have as many games as they can, especially at this point of the year, to try to strengthen it up because – there's there's a good chance what twelve thirteen uh, SEC teams in postseason play. So yeah, they were looking at uh, I think it's tw- I think it's twelve. It might be thirteen. I know Bama's not. Yeah, That's exactly. Not I was shot, about to just say everybody not. but Bama for once. Right. <laughs> but it's it's a uh, yeah it's it's definitely a. I'm trying to look here and see what um. See if I can pull this. I'm just kind of curious if maybe their season might be longer by chance, but I don't. I don't think it is. So I um, can't pull that up. But with yeah, to answer your question, Dem Hogs, we think it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> with our tournament, with the SEC tournament, you know, it starts. Well, I know we will play uh, May 22nd, and it's either going to be Ole Miss or Missouri. And uh, Ole Miss, they got to us. They actually started the skit, that four or five game. where, And that was, you know, bomb stadium series loss. And then, uh, you know, kind of looking between the two, uh, Ole Miss being a seven, Missouri being a 10 seed. You want the 10 seed, right? (laughs) So (laughs) uh, we swept Missouri at bomb. So. This is kind of piggybacking off of that question about the conference tournament also. Do we need this? And I say we don't. Uh, My thought, I feel like if we win the SEC tournament, it puts us in a terrible position to win a college world series. Um, just It is so hard to do back-to-back tournaments like this because, okay, Wednesday – the 22nd we play, and then we are hosting regionals. Assume we are. Come on now. We're, 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 hosting, we're hosting series uh, on May 31st. So, like, and, you know, the SEC tournament's in Hoover. You got that, and you also have the idea of you might play at 1 or 2, or you might play at 8 o'clock at night. and You all, might play until 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you just you, don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happens. Uh, yeah. Double headers, all that good stuff. And I think you get one to get the juices flowing or whatnot. But really, again, it's Wednesday. So whoever we're, we're going to, are we going to come out with Campbell? So that's what I was wanting to talk to you about. So I'm thinking, and this is just me, I'm thinking on that Wednesday game between Ole Miss and Missouri, I'm thinking we put Campbell out there. Let him go. It seems like his pitch count is has been hovering the past few times anywhere between 80 to 95. He's hit 100, what, twice, I think. 
but basically put him out there. I know you were kind of thinking, well, it's a midweek game. That's kind of weird. But my thought process on it is what we just kind of talked about. We're we're saying maybe get a we, – we don't think that we need to win this thing to do any better for the NCAA tournament, right? So I'm thinking put Campbell out there, let him do his normal thing, keep the pitch count where you have, and then assuming we win – the following game, which typically these go back to back to back, usually, uh, depending on weather, of course. But at that point, if we get the win, I'm thinking kind of play with the rotation. Let the guys that haven't been out there as much get in there, get all those arms ready that have kind of been a little bit dormant this past couple of weeks, get them going for the actual tournament, the one that matters. That's my thought on it. Gotcha. See, I'm sitting there uh... – in the aspect of probably doing a peace job, as I would say, with the first game pitching rotation. Bring out a solid arm, maybe a ramage. Uh, if you do bring Campbell out, it's definitely going to be on a lesser pitch count, I think. You're going to get him out of there quicker. Uh, but ultimately, the competitor comes out, I would assume, in this kind of thing, and if you, if you got a chance to win, they're going to try to win. <laughs> I mean, we're not saying they're going to throw the SEC – tournament but just take it easy and keep in mind that you have regionals and bigger stuff to play for because so you're saying pit, pitch counting yep saving the I don't arms. see I don't get that why would you why would you do that and let, are you more concerned about the after effect or because he just pitched well I mean technically he's on short or rest it's one game I mean he's already out of a because he pitched on a Thursday so it's that's why I think you you pitch him normal. He'll just be one day less. So exactly. I mean, what's it worth for the SEC uh, tournament, though? I feel like you can kind I, of a I, dominance I, thing. Just like, hey, we're here. This is what we can do, but we're not going to do it. Oh, you know, you got the bats, and you got a little bit of control. You know, you don't always know you have the bats, but you should be able to bring out a midweek guy. To start it or Ramage or whoever you want. It's, you know, in Dave Van Horn we trust. And I honestly like him. I like Campbell starting game two more than I do game one. Just to keep the rest that he has been because it's been Thursday, Friday, Saturday uh, series here recently. So I know it's semantics and maybe one game doesn't matter as much for the youngins, but just keep that schedule going. I'm going to agree to disagree with you on that one, buddy. <laughs> Oh, you're having a hard time with that. Well, we will see. Again, in Dave Van Horn, we trust. So. Yeah, whatever he does, obviously, we're like, okay. <laughs> whatever just happened makes sense, I'm sure. Exactly. But it's, I don't know, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I, I'm still, like, I don't, I'm not going to say throw the tournament, but I'm also not going to say we're going to throw everything into it. It's kind of where I'm at with it, because I don't see a scenario of us losing the national, the top national seeds. I, I just can't see the committee or anything like that putting anything on a tournament. Right. The tournaments, we, like we've talked about before, basketball especially, those can help teams that are fighting. It can help those guys. But in my, in my opinion, it doesn't do anything but hurt. Like you, you don't expect Vanderbilt to go out there and give it all she's got, I wouldn't think. I mean, 
honestly, it wouldn't be too big of a shock to me if we see Vanderbilt and Arkansas go down in the first game because they have nothing to gain from it. On if if it is an Ole Miss matchup, it's proven that that can that can bite us. So I don't know off the top of my head who Vandy would possibly be looking at, but again, you you know you might have a what's a what's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of a roadblock kind of game or something of that nature but it's not really a roadblock we're just going to get over it and move on to regionals and keep on going because ultimately that's what matters and uh we want to ask you guys you know hit us up at jrd hogcast on twitter what do you think of uh the postseason the sec tournament and uh we'll throw the mailbag question in there just all in general what we've talked about right here yeah, hit us up at JRD Hogcast. Use the hashtag uh, JRD Hogcast and uh, get get that interaction happening. Moving along, a uh, guy that might be gaining a little bit of trust. You know, we always kind of do the whole in Dave Van Horn we trust, but uh, Eric Musselman. Hey, 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 hey. What? You're jumping me. I'm jumping you. What? You got something? I wasn't for me? done with baseball, bro. You're not done with baseball. Nope. What 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 do you got for me? I am sorry. Well, it's what production meetings are for, but whatever. Also, Vanderbilt's looking at the winner between Auburn and Tennessee. So we've been doing we've been talking about this kind of crap a lot, and um, I I don't think we're crazy. I don't think we're crazy at all. I think it's obvious, painfully obvious. But ESPN doesn't like us either. They don't like us, or they have no respect for us. I'm not sure which way it is. But the announcers over the weekend series against A&M, you would have thought that A&M was sitting there with the National Sea locked in, hosting and all that stuff with the way they were talking. And uh, me and the producer were going back and forth with this. And uh, it's just painful, man. I mean, Ezell hit that uh, three-run homer in the third on um, Thursday night's game, the one that we ripped him on. And they were just sitting there praising the crap out of that kid, the the pitcher. I think it was something Weber or something like that, Weber. But um, sitting there just praising, oh, this pitch, that pitch, he's crazy, he's a strikeout machine. Ezell hits that three-run homer. No sooner than the ball hit his bat, the main analyst or whatever said, and it shouldn't have been. Like it was a pitcher's mistake rather than a hitter's hit. You follow me? You know what I'm talking about? Did you get to see that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I'm I'm just I'm tired of that stuff, man. Like, come on. Yeah. And honestly, honestly, I did I did write that down. So you did mention it, and uh, that's probably why I glossed over it. I'm I'm sick and tired of it. I think as hog fans, you realize where it's at, and mm-hmm. you know it's going to take a while for us to get uh, any kind of love, apparently, from the broadcasters nationally. And I I understand we might have folks that come at us and be like, oh well, that was an SEC. That wasn't an SEC plus team. That was the ESPNU team that, uh, you know, showed quite a bit of bias. Whatever you want to say, I understand talking points. You know, Texas A&M might have had more to play for because they are on the outskirts of hosting regionals and were pretty much locked in. But talk the game that you're watching. And at this point, there there's a whole bunch of mess of stuff that we can point out on that one from highlighting, you know, their ace from last year and then just giving a blurb to Blaine Knight or not even really giving Campbell much love when they were essentially at the same point. And I think at one point, what, he had 
the Texas A&M, Weber, Weaver, whoever we want to call him, he had three or four earned runs at that point, and they were still talking him up because he had, you know, I think nine strikeouts. So it's I'm I, it's it's I'm used to it at this point. I don't know. Is it Stockholm syndrome? I, it's <laughs> I it's tough. It's you just get used to it as a Razorback fan. Like so, I, I, I that's why I watch so many on mute. So you, you don't you don't get used to it though. I mean, it's I'm not used to it. I'm older than you are. I'm. Just, I mean, it's just the just the blatancy of it. Like, come on. Like you said, they just kind of talked about this guy that was their ace last year. Don't don't know his name, and then just I mean, had a nice still picture, some highlights of him, this and that, and Blaine Knight just kind of like you know, Arkansas had Blaine Knight, but this guy here, yeah. I mean, Blaine Knight took down the big bad. What was his name? Um. For Auburn last Mize. year, yeah, I mean Casey Mize, right? Yeah, I mean he was the only Blaine Knight was the only guy to beat him last year. I mean, come on, just. But what got me the most was the the hit. Just it shouldn't have been. Like you <laughs> kidding me? It was. What do you mean it shouldn't have been? It was. It happened. And they still didn't give the uh, the layup compliment too, like. Even if it shouldn't have been, like you, you automatically need to go into and credit to Hazel for picking it up. Like, if a pitcher makes a mistake, a good batter to take advantage of it. Yeah, exactly. And it's the the highlights of the home run when they came back from commercial break. After that, they kind of like, oh, he hit the crap out of it. But the highlights of the home run afterwards was critiquing the pitcher's pitch. All right. I mean, well, and that and that ball that thing. That ball hasn't landed yet. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, it was a moonshot. So now I'm done. Yeah, sorry. I like I said, I <laughs> I completely glossed over that because it's like, oh yeah, yep, yeah, they hate us. Cool, <laughs> yeah. cool. Woo pig. Yeah, right. There you go. There you go, folks. No special editing needed for that one. We might put in a few more. Me and the producer will talk after we're done here. Yeah, yeah. You guys just cook up your plans. So basketball, Muscleman, he's getting there for me. He's, he's growing on me. Making some hires, adding some 7-3 guys that can shoot a three ball. So, I mean, things are happening, right? Uh, Connor Van Over, uh, Little Rock native, who's played with Reggie Chaney, has a... Uh, announced that he is transferring from California and he will be playing for the Razorbacks next year. We have to wait on the appeal to see if he has immediate eligibility, but if he does not, he has three years after that. So um, that is something, right? <laughs> we make well, a move. Apparently we've got point guards that are still taking official visits. I'm wondering where the room's coming at this point because last I heard we had two scholarships up and that is including the Johnny Holmes going back to walk on. So um that uh, room is tight right now. So I don't I don't know where we're going to gain another body, but excited to see what happens. I think adding a point guard would definitely be nice. Uh I think we're also kind of waiting and almost every offseason the last two years to see what uh, Khalil Garland's going to do and see if he can get medically cleared and be able to play some ball. Because he's, he's one of those guys that has been highly touted as well and just kind of waiting 
and waiting. So, so I've got a, a Twitter deal here. I kind of bookmarked to bring to your attention. Uh, I first want to ask how you're doing on the men's basketball coach side of things. Um, I mean, you, you okay? Is it too soon to take jabs or where are you at on that? Am I okay? Like, yes, I'm perfectly fine. I have moved on. Mike Anderson is no longer the head coach of the basketball team. He is at St. John's. Everything's okay. My muscleman's growing on me. He's got a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of spunk. There's not enough Red Bull in Northwest Arkansas for him and Chad Morris. So, yes, Jordan, I'm fine. Okay, so there's a tweet out there just floating around in the Twitterverse. <laughs> It says, so this is what it's like to have men's basketball coach that can recruit. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those jabs at uh, Mike Anderson. So, Where are you at on that? What Where am doing? I at on What's that? your take? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Is Reggie Chaney not highly touted? He had all but Perry here, too. And then Gafford. I mean, okay, Gafford was a home product, but still. He didn't Gafford, recruit he, Gafford. He, <laughs> so, but got him, got him here. So, I mean, just because I think it's being brought up more, and I'm not going to say I'm not seeing more of it. It definitely seems it's almost uh, there's a lot of similarities to him and Chad Morris. The social media side of things is being used better on the basketball side, and that's what you have to do nowadays. Uh, We didn't see that with Mike Anderson's squad when it came to the social media side. From time to time, you might get a tweet, but they they are grinding and constantly they you know doing their stuff. But. I think that's kind of just kind of where the college sports world is now. If you if you're if you can't be creative on the social media side of things, you're you're pretty much behind the eight ball. I mean, we came in. I remember specifically you uh, talking about Chad Morris his first couple of days here. Or I'm sorry, a couple of weeks here. Like man, his gift game is strong yeah. with with the recruits he was pulling in, and he is he's 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 creative with that. And I mean, you have to to relate to kids. There might be some listeners out there that just ask, "What is a gif?" But you you kind of have to you kind of have to be in that frame of mind to make things happen. Here here's something that uh, it took a while for me to step back and actually think about, but. When it comes to recruiting, there are so many positives that musclemen can offer. Um, besides, you know, the whole transfer side of things, you've developed guys very quickly at Nevada to get them into the league. Obviously, basketball is an accelerated sport to get you to the pros, and these young guys, that's where they want to go. I mean, if they're playing this game, they want to go to the NBA. No one right. plays to go overseas. No one plays to be in the G League. They want to play. And he's not he's not too far removed from the NBA. So it's a who-do-you-know kind of deal. And he's got contacts still inside the NBA. Uh, plenty of love from current NBA coaches and former. And they talked him up when they, all the announcements. And he's got a wife that is connected with ESPN or was. So, like... There's plenty of things that he can uh, say to these young men to help bring them to Arkansas. But it's 
it's ultimately getting them here. I think the biggest thing is official visits, and it is across all sports. Once you figure yeah. out how well Fayetteville is, you know, facility-wise, town-wise, view-wise, and it's not just the bad jokes of Arkansas that people want to make. Like, get here. Give us, give us a chance. Be here. Let us take you to, you know, Catfish Hole. Take you to Sassy's, whatever we, you know, wherever we want to take you grub-wise, show you the facilities, get you with some of the current players, and uh, if we can get you to an event and you hear a hog call, especially a packed one, like right now for basketball season, obviously these kids are going to these baseball games, and it's a perfect time for it. If there, yeah. Is there a better sport to be recruiting going on right now? No. You know, basketball no, is going with baseball. It. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, Chad's kind of got his hands uh, tied with football in the dead period. But, you know, if you're not taking these recruits to the baseball games, you're just wrong. Like, that, that's step one. Obviously, we know because I can – it's pretty easy to spot a 7-3 guy at Bomb Stadium. But he was there, and uh, he had he had a whole entourage with him. And I feel like that's, uh, you know, going to a baseball game. And he already knew about the Hogs, so – having the opportunity to come back and uh, play for us. We might have to talk about that brother of his that's at Alabama, though. I mean, he might right. be in the no band. No, 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 I'm not going to hate on the kid, but uh, Daddy might need to change some profile pictures. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. I no. mean, everyone's got to do their thing. Hopefully, hopefully fans can understand that. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully. Yeah, they won't, but hopefully they can. Well. All we gotta I mean, do is send some gear his way. That's all that's gotta happen. That uh, that A can definitely change very quickly. Just kind of nonchalantly leave a little some some on the doorstep. Like, here you go, <laughs> take this. We we saw you but had you, some problems. So. You think a Muslim too? Um, this is kind of new to him, especially the baseball side. Um, I mean, he's he was probably just as blown away by the atmosphere as as the recruits you know i mean baseball here is a different animal and it's it's exciting it's kind of a a look at what what it could be like what the other sports could be and you know it wasn't that long ago football was and it really wasn't that long ago during the quals and portis era that basketball was you know it's just just been a couple of just really bad seasons that have just kind of made those seasons seem so far away and not to get too uh, emotional, if you will, but, you know, I, I truly feel like we're getting closer in both sports. Just the recruiting side with uh, football and basketball has cha- Basketball already has changed, kind of what we're talking about right now. It's just, I don't know, you know, it's just optimistically excited. Yeah. Um, just what I see earlier that, for baseball, we hit we were well over for SEC games over a hundred thousand people in attendance wise, and you're like, okay, well, I mean, there's a lot of games, right? Well, the low was twenty thousand. I saw that. Uh, that was what were we like, 149 yeah, something? Exactly, and like we were filling up bomb, and we will. And unfortunately, it kind of goes with the idea of. Winning gets people in the seats, and it's completely there. But I think the thing that really gets me with this uh, Connor Vanover, uh, 
is the idea of having a guy that can step out and take, you know be seven three and take a take a three. I mean, he shot seventy six in his time at Cal, and that was in twenty eight games. He started fifteen of them. Uh, he made twenty seven, which was about thirty five percent. And you're talking about a seven three guy. He's, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> you don't see that. So, um, however, we talked about all this Twitter love, and I made the I make a little joke about you know getting them guys in the right gear, and it, that's what it is is a joke, but uh, uh, some stuff, and this is probably going to be a unique deal here because our burning you up segment. I would say, which is brought to you by Ivan's Old Time Meat Shop. They're located at 2101 North 2nd Street. Their phone number is 636-3636. Give them a call for any of that grilling out needs. It's summertime. Got to fire them up, right? Get them grills going. Get you some steaks. You know, I love me some grilling. Yeah, exactly. You're hosting. We're hosting regionals. You got to be out there in the hog pit. Got to get some burgers, hot dogs, steaks. Lighter fluid that's got fireball in it, whatever. You can't get fireball. Hopefully. You can't get fireball at uh, Ivan's, but you can get some steaks. You can get some hamburgers and hot dogs, too. But uh, it's a collective one for us, isn't it, Jordan? Yeah, this is this is pretty bad. Yeah. Well, that's, that might be a bit dramatic, but it's pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. So this uh, goes right in line with Muscleman. Obviously, he uh, came over from Nevada and... From our special when he was announced as the hire and all that good stuff, we we went through and we saw that they were pretty salty uh, about him being hired over. But this is next-level stuff. So his son, Michael, was graduating from Nevada, and while he was going to accept it, they were booing? Am I getting this right? They were booing him while he was walking across that stage. Booed a young man receiving his college diploma. Yeah. Because they're upset that their dad is human or his dad is human. That That's, you know, unfortunately, I didn't uh, finish school. Spent a lot of money on school, but didn't finish it. But um, I couldn't imagine what kind of day that is for you. I mean, you, you did it. You're, you graduated college. You got your degree. What an awesome day, I would imagine. And you get booed because of some bitter ass fans. Yep, all all your hard work kind of summed into one day that is chocked full, and you you know don't want to have a worry. Like he he does have you know a setup. He's on the coaching staff here, so he he knows he has something coming. You know, but the idea that they they had nothing to do about Eric Musselman. That day was strictly about Michael, and for that to happen, that was his day, and just to boo. Like, I don't like booing in general. I don't no, think it you're, does you're much. Uh, so across the board, I, I just don't see what it accomplishes. I don't, I, I guess it just makes people feel good, but really you shouldn't feel good about something like this. Like, I'm already against booing, but this is just, again, next-level stuff. It's pretty immature. It's pretty telling of those individuals that did it. I mean, college basketball, get a life. I mean, it. understand to be upset. You know, you lose your coach. Obviously, they liked him and didn't want him to go and all that, but come on. That's, like, how sad are you? <laughs> right. 
That's 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 really all we can say with that is classless, immature, just sad. Uh, and it's but, you know to relate it a little bit to recruiting. Um, you know, it's we see it all the time. We talk about it a lot, but how fans handle decommits and you know, when someone, um, you know, it comes down to the wire and it's us or somebody else and they choose somebody else. I mean that. A lot of those fans will start bashing the kid on social media and, oh, you're stupid. We didn't want you anyway, all that crap. Well, the same can be said if Musselman had any kind of like, man, I hope, hope this is the right decision or if he had any kind of regret, it all went away then. Like if you ever hoped to possibly try to pull him back or anything, you lost all hope right there. So congratulations. Yep. Uh, just wrap that up with, Congratulations, Michael Musselman, on your degree. Uh, glad yeah, to have you in go. Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. Woopig, Suey. Oh, he did it. <laughs> All right. So, moving along, not a lot to do with the football. Just kind of a touch base on this kind of thing. We've gotten two things really with the football side of things. We have Briston Guidry, a defensive lineman. He has announced that he is retiring after six or seven knee surgeries. I believe it was six knee surgeries. So, wish probably him the, a good thing there. Yeah, probably a good thing. Wish him the best. Uh, we got some news on the other side. Well, not the other side, but uh, a little bit farther back. We are adding a linebacker. The name looks familiar. It's a Yurachek. One Jake Yurachek, linebacker. Oh, that's good. That can't be no relation to that athletic director of ours, could it? No, no, it's definitely not. Well, it, but it, it is. But, but it is. Not. Yeah, one Jake Yurachek, uh, who is a six-two, two hundred and twenty-seven. Found linebacker transferring from Colorado. He did see some playing time, but again, with that four rule, four game rule, eh, he was able to re- red shirt and should be eligible immediately. That's kind of interesting there. So, um, any kind of pull there? You think? Well, maybe a little bit, but we we also needed the depth there. So, however you want to look at it, it's it's welcome there, and it's not one of those deals like we had a. I can't even remember the name right now, but it was like a 190 pound or 100. No, he's like 170 pound. A real tiny linebacker that got arrested. So we're adding we're adding some depth there, and we need it right now. So take anything forward. we can get at this point. Yep, and definitely kind of a line. His older brother played at Marshall and currently in the NFL. So there's that. Maybe a little bloodline. Going maybe, there, maybe a little bit. We ain't we ain't talking, you know, Henry's quite yet, but there, there's something there. So, uh, that's that's really all we've seen with football. But we are definitely waiting. We're less than a hundred, I think, less than a hundred days away from college football. Oh man, that's just this time of year. It's can you imagine, uh, content wise, if our baseball team wasn't good. <laughs> It'd be, it'd, it'd, be, it'd be pretty rough. <laughs> oh, man. You know, we, we were kind of talking a couple episodes ago, like, you know, there, there's going to be some days where it's a little light and this and that, but, you know, we're we're getting there. If our baseball team wasn't good, it would be rough. Well, we got one more segment because we didn't forget about you. We got our Twitter dirts. 
Our Twitter dirt is always brought to you by Elite Mobile Detail LLC. Hit him with that. Said all, you said always like like we were talking about breaking up with him or something. Did, did I miss something? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm always not, number one, boo. I'm pretty uh, fired up about this one, though. It's it's one I've been waiting to, and I feel like it's a good one to end on here. So, Okay, cool. We'll hit him up at uh, 832-540-8013. Uh, check him out on Google. He's uh, got a lot of good reviews there. And, you know, as we always say, it's a little bit better to get it from someone else other than the people that he's sponsoring obviously. And also he just got himself a new motorcycle, so he could probably use the help to help those <laughs> payments get paid. <laughs> oh man. What? I didn't do nothing. <laughs> well, you ready for this one? I am. Are you aware of the $2 million basketball tournament that is cleverly named the basketball tournament? I've heard about it. You have heard about it. Well, there is a Team Arkansas. That Team Arkansas, according to, and I've got to start this out because I know I will get some kind of blowback for this, but according to their own website, Team Arkansas is an all-alumni Arkansas uh, basketball team to represent the state of Arkansas in this tournament. Winner gets $2 million, they, you know, Cool. It's a lot of uh, last year, Dusty Hannons was on the team, Qualls is on it this year, but they have announced their latest edition, and they have to send it out via tweet, and this is from Team Arkansas TBT. Every great alumni team has one or two non-alum. What? First of all, I'm not done yet. The newest commit to Team Arkansas has averaged 11.8 points per game and two assists per game for Florida this year. During his senior season, he will join Ronnie Brewer as Mr. Basketball of Arkansas winner on this team, which is a high school honor. North Little Rock's own Kayvon Allen. Oh, 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 you're kidding. I am not kidding. I thought it was, and only to make it worse, it was retweeted by Barstool Florida. Uh, Mr. Ageless, or I'm sorry, uh, what eligibility, uh, how do you word it? I'm trying to Well, he's like like a 12-year senior, so... um, that's, yeah, that's see, what I'm trying to like. See, Mr. It, eligibility don't matter to him, or I don't. I don't know what I'm trying. To, he's been there, like you said, 76 years or something. Yeah. So I completely, Damn. I completely understand representing the state that you grew up in. You missed your opportunity. Um, <laughs> but I feel like there was a university you could have done that for. Something. Something. Uh, university of Arkansas or. Something. Yeah, exactly. Instead, you say no, whichever. You're you're making your mind up. But uh, you know, if that was a good decision, you'd probably be in the league. Like Alisa, I understand why Malik Monk did it. Instead, you're playing what, summer ball, and they're still trying to get eligible for this tournament. So, wow, this is a this is a that bold move, whole- Cotton. <laughs> Bold that move. That defeats the whole lump. Like, you can't use that word anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, hey, there's still some people that are completely fine with it, and it 
It's weird. The Photoshop's really bad on it, too, by the way, because they had to Photoshop the new jersey on, and uh, mm-hmm. I know it's not the Arkansas Razorback, you know, the actual university uh, graphic department, but... Well, if it's bad, obviously, it's ooh, not. It is, it is pretty rough. So, that is mine right there, and uh, it's probably enough to make me not watch it. I did watch all of it last year, so I won't watch it this year. Dang, they done got you all upset and stuff. He only, how many times he just lit us up? Like, he have pretty mediocre, and it, it he just go off against us. And <laughs> 12 it, years in a row he did that yeah. crap. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it's one of those deals where I was like, okay, cool, it's an Arkansas-based one, and then I read into it, and I was like, wait, this is straight up an alumni team. But But it's not. Anymore. Okay, so things that would allow that, because, you know, you can be a little loose on that with the alumni side. Did he play for state? Nope. Tech? Nope. ULR? Nope. Florida? Yep. (laughs) Oh, boy. Whoever's running this, picking these guys, get them a damn map. (laughs) So, I I got a little bit of issue. My, My Twitter dirt is the co-SEC West championship we had to share with Mississippi State. So they had a better total season win. They got 45. We got 40. We had the same conference record. But my beef with it is we swept them. So where? what's the tiebreaker? Mangum. Mangum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good there. No, seriously, like... I. I, it's it, it it annoys me because like I said we swept them like pretty bad too like that you know that was that was some pretty pretty solid wins and um, we got to share the title with them yeah help me out with that I don't I do honestly, you know what the tiebreaker was at this point well, clearly just, there was there wasn't one actually yeah. I mean I mean you just kind of looking at it I don't know if they're doing overall but you can't you can't uh, deem a conference champion with their overall. Yeah, it's a conference championship. It's a not conference an championship. championship. But uh, also going back to the, is it, you know, what do you think of Pac-12 not having one? Like this makes SEC a joke of a. Uh, well, anything that has to do with Arkansas, and this goes back to our conversation a while ago. But anything that has to do with Arkansas, if they do something, it's got to be a co. Yeah. Like Player of the when, weeks, and this is across other sports too. So. Yeah, exactly, and it it just it it's irritating because. I mean, if if it comes down to let's let's go to the supercross side of things. If you the you know, motorcycles, if 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 you have the season ends with riders with the same amount of points, guess what the tiebreaker is? Wins. Head to head. Like how many did you have? How many did I have? Like that it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Uh I'm not a fan of co anything. So, no, everybody gets a trophy. You get a trophy. You get a trophy. Like, this isn't the co-best hog port, uh, podcast. This is the best <laughs> hog podcast. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, that's mine. I Like I said, I couldn't find anything that gave a good enough answer, so I'm not going to repeat anything I saw as far as, like, why this happened. But that's that's pretty frustrating. I mean... 
does it matter at the end of the day? No, not really. But just, you know, I'm a principles guy. Like it, it needs to make sense in principle and this doesn't. So, you know, figure it out. SEC is pretty yep. retarded. So tell us what your Twitter dirt is or what you think of ours. Again, our Twitter handle is at JRD Hogcast. Use that hashtag at JRD Hogcast. Uh, until next time. Hey, 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 I wanted to give a shout out to Van Horn. Dave Van Horn, did you see that? Um, well, you can't give me and, something like that. I mean, he had a, you know, there's a <laughs> lot of accolades, but come on now. Yeah, so the um, uh, A&M kid, he was, he was wearing an A&M shirt, and he apparently lost his mom. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and um, he was freaking out, obviously, and Van Horn kind of hollered over at him. He came, he latched on to Van Horn's leg, and Van Horn's sitting there with his arm around him singing the national anthem and then helped him find his mom. So, good Lord, can Van Horn do anything wrong? That's that's pretty cool, and it's a pretty badass picture, too. It just, like, even me, my big ass, if Van Horn had his arm around me like that, I would feel so safe. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, nothing's happening to me today. I'm in good hands. And because of that, Van Horn got himself a recruit in 2037. We hope. We hope. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off there. That was meant to work that into the uh, baseball talk, but got to talking about other stuff that, you know, whatever. Well, I'm going to have to just start playing, you know, playing you off like at the uh, Oscars and awards show, you know, and just be like, all right, all right, let's just get this <laughs> over with. We're wrapping here. So... But yes, we are wrapping. This is the JRD Hogcast. I am your host, Dylan Lee. We got our co-host, Jordan Russell, and our producer, Luke Griggs. Until next time, Woo Pig Suey. <laughs>